0: Where do we even begin with the 2022 Royal Rumble? So much to talk about. Ronda Rousey's return, Brock getting screwed, Paul Heyman turning on Brock, Brock then winning the men's Royal Rumble, Seth possibly turning babyface, Molly Holly being attacked by Nikki A.S.H. The list goes on and on and on, and we're going to dive into all of it right now. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast One that everybody wants. Me. Oh! Oh! 316 says "I just your ass." This is my... You're gonna acknowledge me. And the 2022 Royal Rumble has concluded. We are now officially on the road to WrestleMania, as if we weren't already. I guess now it's official. Official. And there's just so many things that you could dive into, so many different topics that you could start with. I mean, I could, I, I, should probably start with the fact that Dana Brooke was eliminated from the Rumble, and the, the, the shock waves that that sent through the wrestling world. I mean, it sh- that shook the wrestling industry to its foundation. I think was Dana Brooke being eliminated from the Rumble. I mean, I, I don't even know where to start with that. So we'll, we'll spend at least an hour on Dana Brooke um and and her elimination from the rumble and if you can't sense my sarcasm well i guess you do now um so there again guys thank you for joining me this is a massive show here as we're going to cover the royal rumble from end to end and i'll be joined with a co-host on tuesday night with raw and a rumble wrap-up and then wednesday i'm assuming you guys are going to just hammer me with voicemails and your thoughts on the rumble there's just so much to get to Um, i apologize to those on tiktok i didn't have a chance to go live it was a very up and down night with uh, babies crying and things, so it was, it was difficult for me to kind of navigate the waters there. I would have been going on and off live stream at a really annoying rate, so I, I do apologize there. However, I did have a lot of fun listening, or rather watching the Discord chat and participating at times in the Discord chat. Uh, some of some of you guys are just hilarious, and uh, it's fun to interact with you while the pay-per-views are going, or rather the live events, premier live events are going on, so... Thank you to everybody. If you want to join us on Discord and participate live in the chat, then all you have to do is sign up for Discord. It's a dollar a month to start, and you get a Discord server link, and it's one of the perks of it, as well as going ad-free for every episode that we have. So uh, there's one. And Apple Podcasts also offers the same thing. I can't not start my show without plugging my monetization efforts, right? So anyway, everybody, thank you for joining me here. We're, we're going to dive in. And um, let, where do we start? Anybody? Anybody got any thoughts? Let's just start with probably the number one. I mean, there's several several number ones that you could make a case for beyond Dana Brooke being eliminated from the Rumble, which is just, again, earth shattering. The other thing is I think I'm going to start with Ronda Rousey because it has been speculated for many weeks now. And really, he really heated up over the last week about Ronda Rousey returning to the WWE. We had several major wrestling outlets like The Observer with Dave Meltzer. And regardless of what you think about Dave Meltzer, he did get it right this time about uh, Ronda Rousey, who was imminently about to return. And there's a scheduled huge match between her and Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania this year. And if you watch the Royal Rumble, then I would assume that you would look at that and go, yeah, that looks exactly like where they're going. Um, but before we get to where she's going at WrestleMania, let's talk about what happened. I mean, she she comes out. And the crowd in St. Louis popped pretty hard for her. And I, I predicted that they would. While the, the crowd was soured on her towards the end of her run a, a, you know, uh, three years ago, and rightfully so. And I think she's still better as a heel than a babyface. I, I think that the, the crowd was going to react in a positive way because Ronda Rousey is such a huge star. And she has adapted fairly well to the wrestling industry, at least in ring. Some of you may disagree with that, but I, I think... Given the fact that she didn't grow up doing this and she had a short period of time to learn this industry, she has done a decent job, regardless of what I think about her personally, which is that she is a narcissistic egomaniac um, that I think she has adapted well from a professional standpoint. And yes, she does a lot of the, the kind of angry, angry toddler, happy toddler deal where she seems she always has that mean face on and she knows that's her money face like she knows she almost like she's always posing cuz she knows that, that that mean face is just so recognizable and then she'll she'll immediately break out into like you know uh just sunshine and rainbows like you you'll see it on this like I guarantee you'll see it on Raw tonight where she'll come out with the mean face and then she'll stand in the ring and she'll have smiley face I mean that's just what she there's no happy medium it's angry i want to i want to destroy the world or uh, i just won the lottery and i'm smiling because you know i my whole life is perfect there's no medium it's bizarre with her um beth phoenix is also on i know a bit off topic here but beth phoenix i think has really over emoted i love I, i i shouldn't say i love i i like beth phoenix in the ring she's fine but Beth Phoenix boy um, she just has over-emoted her angry face to a point of cartoon. I mean, whenever she comes out and she is standing on the ramp or even in the ring with her hair doing everything, she's got like she's like snarling. No one ever told her to like tone it down. It's it's a little much, you know. It's it's, it's like she watched something some kind of uh, some kind of kids movie over the weekend and she's like, "Yeah, that that's the face I want to make." It's it's too much. Beth Phoenix's mean face is way too much. It's even worse than Ronda Rousey. But that said, Ronda Rousey uh, makes her return to a big reaction. Uh, Ronda Rousey immediately eliminates uh, several competitors, and she's throwing her punches like she would in MMA, except actually not not truly trying to hurt her competitors, uh, her, or rather her, um, her co-workers, so to speak. But boy, would I love to see Ronda Rousey turn heel. I, I think it's deserving. She'd be a better fit. And maybe the fans turn on her fairly quickly, because I haven't forgotten what she's been like on, on social media and what she was like towards the end of her run in, in 2019 or whatever it was. I, I haven't forgotten. I, I think that she was insufferable on the mic and she was making fun of millennials and who like avocado toast and exposing the business in a very embarrassing way on Twitter and just making a fool of herself but also trying to insult the fans. I, I haven't forgotten that. Have you? No. We're supposed to just embrace her with open arms because – She's what? Like she, she was a former MMA star and because she's a, a good looking woman, I I don't care, you know. But nonetheless, uh so I, I would never cheer her at this point. However, I get the star power is still there and it makes headlines and I can't believe it's already been three years since she's been back or or has left. But it looks like they are headed towards Charlotte Flair and Rhonda as it came down to those two and Charlotte Flair ends up losing pretty quickly at the end to Rhonda who just kinda tossed her over the top in a um I don't even know what you call it, but uh, Charlotte, visibly angry. Looks like these two will meet at WrestleMania. I do wonder if it's going to be one-on-one, though, or if somehow, some way, Sasha Banks gets herself involved or if it is somehow one-on-one, I don't know if that actually would be something that they're looking at. I mean, Ronda Rousey has enough star power. Charlotte has enough star power to make it feel like a massive main event. And you know, I I know that Ronda is going to be coming to Raw tonight and Becky and Ronda will be going face-to-face. So that'll be a lot of fun to bring back those memories and what could have been in a one-on-one match. However, couldn't you see uh, another triple threat at WrestleMania? I mean, do they dare go back to the triple threat from WrestleMania 35 where it's winner take all and Becky two belts comes back. I mean, I hope not Lord. I hope not. I, I don't need another one of those. I still, I'm still angry about it three years later that it should have just been one-on-one with Rhonda and Becky, but have been singing that tune for three years. So Rhonda and Becky are going to come face to face tonight. We'll have Becky call Rhonda Rousey, Ronnie, because that's what she does. She can't say Rhonda. She has to say Ronnie, which is annoying. <laughs> Even she did it as a baby face, which was annoying as a heel. It's going to be worse, but there's going to be some fun interactions there. I'm really looking forward to that. And I ultimately think it'll be Rhonda versus Charlotte though, because I don't think they want Rhonda Becky, which doesn't make sense because Rhonda Becky, I think have way better chemistry. The thing is that, I mean, I guess that with Becky as a heel, it's a little bit different. We also have Bianca Belair floating out there, you know, so that's also a possibility, of son or rather uh, Sonya <laughs> Bianca Belair who is somehow not in the main event at this point that may change which is why I don't believe that they're going to do a straight up one-on-one from both women uh the women's championship matches at WrestleMania I just don't see it I-, I foresee them throwing in at least a triple threat somewhere they can't help themselves so that's what I imagine happening at WrestleMania Tonight's gonna be interesting, no doubt about it. It's gonna have a kind of an electric feel. It's it's like the appetizer to the raw after WrestleMania. That's what it feels like. It's it's just like the the runner up. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So overall though, the women's royal rumble, I guess I'll start there since that's the topic I'm kind of talking about anyway. Beyond Ronda winning and returning, I, I thought that the raw women's or the um the women's royal rumble was was good. I thought it was I, I don't know if it was better than last year's. Last year's ending was better between Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. But this year it had so many different elements. It was so many different stories told. And it was I thought it was good. I really did. Now, when you look at the people that were involved, you had Michelle McCool. She comes back once a year. We have... Uh, Brie and Nikki Bella that n- literally no one cares about come back. And, ooh, they have haircuts, matching haircuts. And what we had Brie turn on Nikki again for the second year in a row. No one cares. Nikki James, uh, I mean, she's just, again, kind of a forgotten women's uh, competitor. I mean, she, she's one that was fine 12 years ago, and they just keep bringing her back and then don't do anything with her. So she made an appearance. Alicia Fox, who, I mean, is about as interesting in the ring as, as I would be inside of the ring, Alicia Fox is—I mean, outside of whoa, she's so tall and look at how long her legs are. Like outside of the sexual element, of Alicia Fox that a lot of people talk about, I don't care about that at all. But she has really nothing else going for her. She's as crazy as a fox. Wow, that's that's about all her gimmick was about. Um, so there's that, and then there's the the legend of Summer Rae. Guys, the legend Summer Ray. They even had the balls to say it again during her intro. I think they did it out of kind of trolling the fans. There's no other way to to, to look at that. The, they said something along the lines of, the legendary returns continue, and Summer Rae came out. I mean, th- th- come on. There's no way they were serious there. Uh, Sarah Logan made her return in, in a different look and got somewhat of a reaction, more of a, what is she doing here reaction, not a, whoa, I can't believe she's back. This is awesome. Just kind of like a, what? Maybe that was the forbidden door. If Sarah Logan is the forbidden door, uh, what? (laughs) I mean, we don't know who officially is the forbidden door pick, if there was one or is one. Maybe it was the men's side with Shane McMahon. We'll talk about that later, too. So Sarah Logan comes back, had a decent showing, ends up reuniting with Liv, but gets eliminated after Liv gets eliminated as well. So Alita, though, had a nice showing. Alita got a really big reaction. I mean, I I was hopeful that it would eventually maybe lead to a Lita versus Charlotte WrestleMania match. Now with Ronda Rousey in the mix, I feel like Lita is kind of gone until next year again. Maybe they'll bring her back again. So I don't foresee Lita showing up again until uh, next uh, Rumble season. And then we get Molly Holly, who gets attacked by Nikki A.S.H. And I loved it because how many people made analogies and parallels to Molly Holly in her career and the uh, Mighty Molly gimmick. And then we get Nikki A.S.H. who attacked her upon her entrance and said there can only be one superhero. So maybe it's Molly Holly versus Nikki A.S.H. at WrestleMania. I'd love it. I re- I think that that'd be the best thing for both. Uh, it'd bring, bring relevance back to Molly Holly. I think she could put on one more match. Uh, Nikki is easy to work with and it's the evil villain versus the wannabe, um, the, the wannabe superhero versus the... The one that actually made it work, which was Molly Holly, and so yeah, th- there was that. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, so uh, she. Th- this is the report according to CNET. I'm reading a review on CNET. Lita got the biggest pop the, of the entire night. I don't know about that. Ronda Rousey was pretty big, but Lita is a close second. I mean, if you're going to rate pops, Lita, boy, um, th- there's got to be a case to be made for Lita at some doing something at WrestleMania. There's got to be a case for it, even if it's not in a championship match. Based on her reaction and the crowd's connection still with her, I, I really think that Lita may be a part of WrestleMania. I know I said that she's going to be back at Rumble season next year, and that could be the case. But the reaction she got was uh, it, there's it may sway some people's minds and maybe Lita herself if she's interested in doing something at WrestleMania. So uh, the number one and number two entrants were Sasha and Molina, who uh, Sasha was in some Sailor Moon themed gear. I thought it was very distracting. And you know, here's the one thing I'll say about Sasha. She's an excellent performer. She is a legend in the making, a true legend in the making, not a Summer Rae legend. And to me though, there's been one drawback from Sasha Banks, not, not even on the mic, because Sasha Banks on the mic has kind of a weird promo delivery and she always has to have her her insufferable laugh even when she's a baby face which I think is it kind of brings things back to a heel heel roll and it's insufferable to listen to her at times her voice is not very endearing but that's not even the problem with Sasha Banks Sasha Banks to me has a problem that is easily fixed but she won't do it and I don't think the uh, creative team will do it or Vince and that's her overt sexuality like Sasha Banks at times wears outfits that are completely—they're dis- they're, just—they're d- totally unnecessary. I understand she has a she's trying to show off her body. We're, we're we're feminine, but we're also powerful. It's like, well, yeah, fine, but when you throw your body in my face where you're wearing like things that just are super distracting, I I, I gotta go on the side of. You need to tone it back a bit because I think that her her outfits at times where she I mean, she's showing like 80 percent of her leg, except, you know, like the areas that you can't. I don't know. I've had this thing with, with Sasha because she's such an attractive woman and she knows she is that she she works on that and her outfits also play on that. But that's also her biggest detractor. Because I think at times too much focus is put on that. Now, I'm not saying the storylines do. I'm not saying that the cameras zoom in inappropriately or anything or that the announcers drive that narrative. Nobody's driving that narrative. It's kind of an unspoken narrative, especially from the male audience. I can speak firsthand. Um, that when I see her, it's like, oh, man, it's, you know she's a big star. You, you realize the importance and magnitude of everything she's accomplished and how good she is in the ring. There's never any question about that. But her outfits at times and her movements and the the things that she does in her entrance. I don't know. Um, I think it's a distraction and it pulls back from what women's wrestling should be at this point in in its evolution. And that's about the wrestling and not accentuating bodies and showing off the sexuality. And and I know people are going to say, well, she can be both. She can be a a sexy, powerful woman. Yeah. Except here's the problem that the scales are tipped way in the other direction right now for, for Sasha with the things that she wears. I don't know. Maybe nobody else feels this way. It's just super distracting for me. Um, and, and and you know, I'm a married man, but I I just I'm still human, and I can see this. I'm like, oh, that's a nice outfit, right? But almost to the point where I'm not paying attention to what she's doing in the ring, and just like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm digging myself a hole here, but um, that's what I feel about Sasha. Um, and her sailor moon themed gear didn't help. I, did, I I I mean, I liked it, but it was distracting. Okay, Molina comes out, and they actually called Melina a legend. And, and I tweeted this out. I said, boy, WWE is throwing around this legend label pretty loosely lately, aren't they? And they are. How can you claim Melina's a legend? In what way? What metric? What, what are we even defining legend as anymore? Just anybody that used to compete in the WWE? I mean, essentially, that's how they've redefined legend at this point. Melina is not a legend. She was part of Eminem, Mercury, and uh, Morrison. She was the manager of them, and she had some good moments, and she can do a split. That's her claim to fame. That's it. Melina can do a split, and she is an attractive woman. Okay. And she used to be part of Eminem, a successful tag team in the mid-2000s. Cool. And? (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) I mean, Melina is... Decent in the ring, although she didn't have a whole lot of uh, time in the ring this past uh, Saturday night. But I'm just tired of them throwing around this legend label as if we're supposed to just accept it. Have we forgotten what legends are? Legends mean that. Let me tell you what a legend is, how I define a legend. An actual needle mover, not just Roman Reigns' shirt, but a true one. The Roman Reigns, I think, is a legend in the making. I will say that. But Legends. Let's start Stone Cold, The Rock, Andre the Giant, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, top of the top, The Rock, Kane, Taker, Triple H, Big Show. The list goes on. Even Goldberg, I would say, as much as I don't like him in the ring, he's a legend. I may not like it, but he is. That's just a fact. So facts don't care about feelings, as they say. So I think they have really got to tone down this legend nonsense. They're trying to make everything bigger than it is and to make everybody bigger than they are but this is like way off the farm. (laughs) I mean, to call Molina legend to call summer Ray a legend is laughable. It's laughable. And it's no, it's no fault of summer Ray Molina. This is the narrative they're driving. And I think it's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, And it's, it's, it's to me diluting what legend means. Um, Now I know she had, she was a five-time women's champion. I understand that. But again, just because you hold a women's championship multiple times, doesn't automatically qualify you as a champion or as a legend. There are many women's champions out there that have been women's champions. Just because you hold it doesn't automatically qualify you to be a legend. Legend is an elite status. So, all right. Uh, Let's see here. I'm trying to... Let's read CNET's reaction to this. And then I'll get into Naomi and DeVille, who actually spilled into... Their their rivalry is clearly continuing, and I don't mind that. Um, So here's what they rated it. CNET rated it three and a half stars. They said it was an okay rumble. A lot of the action was sloppy, as has been the case with most women's rumbles, a lot of which is due to much of the field being made up of wrestlers who only perform once every few years. There were long stretches of time where it felt like not much was happening, though it was nice to see some familiar faces. And of course, Ronda's return. Ronda looks out of practice, and her offense wasn't as impactful as you may have hoped. There were some sub, uh, submission holds and a lot of punches in the corner, but many of her strikes look underwhelming, but she's a super athlete and a performer, so she's almost assured to get back into form in a quick period of time, and she absolutely has a star aura, which is the most important thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree with that. The Rumble, men or women's, is sloppy. The Rumbles by nature, by the very nature, are sloppy because they're Royal Rumbles. A lot, not a lot of it is scripted in, on the in-between stuff. Eliminations are... Done in, in uh in, in the boardroom on paper, but the in between stuff, especially when you know they're just like holding people in the corner until they're waiting for that next person to come out. Or you have like five people trying to eliminate one person and for some reason they can't just lift them over the top rope. It's that that kind of stuff that's just you know, it's it's the suspend your disbelief moment. Uh, you know, there's a lot of that. But uh yeah, I mean I I'd agree that three and a half stars is fair. What do you guys think? Three and a half stars, less, more? And this, again, is out of five? So CNET, I think, gives a fair assumption or a fair analysis here. Now, on to Naomi and, uh, and Sonya Deville. I saw on SmackDown, as I haven't really had a chance to talk about it, on SmackDown, we had Naomi versus Sonya Deville. Finally, and Sonya Deville gets revenge with a rear view and then a moonsault. And she calls it retribution. Again, <laughs> how is five months of torture... And putting up with her crap, how is a single you know her your ass to her face? How is that retribution? Tell me, that that's fair? No, she should be bloodied. She should be, she should have her neck in a chair, and Naomi goes to snap her neck. That after five months, that would be what the fans want to see. Honestly, I think that would show a nice brutal, vicious side of Naomi, because we haven't seen it yet. I mean, I don't know what it's going to take to to push Naomi over the edge. Cause she she loves her mean face, boy. She loves her her mean face, doesn't she? She thinks that's that's gonna get. That's really my retribution. Is look how mean I look at you. Oh, look, my eyebrows are down. Mm, I am just a mean looking person. I told you you were gonna get it. And yeah, she got a she got a victory over Sonya, and she eliminated Sonya from the Royal Rumble after Cameron, the other Funkad uh, Funkadactyl, who used to be with Brodus Clay. <laughs> Remember the whole, that whole thing? Cameron returned. Boy, she she looks in great shape too. And Cameron, after Sonya was on commentary, eliminates uh, eliminates Cameron, and then Naomi eliminates Sonya. And at that point, uh, Sonya comes back later in the match to eliminate uh, to eliminate uh, Naomi. Now, again, every year there's always somebody who's already eliminated eliminating somebody who's in the Rumble. I have accepted this by the narrative that if any way, by any way, if the person who's a legal competitor in the match ends up going over the top rope and onto the floor. That's an elimination, regardless of how or, or who does it. So I, I would accept that narrative because otherwise, if I look at this and say, how can an eliminated person eliminate a competitor who's legal? It doesn't make sense. So I'll go with my my former narrative, and uh, then I won't lose my mind. But it continues this program with Naomi and Sonya, And I'm gonna, I'm not sad about it because it looks like finally we're getting some physicality in this matchup. And hopefully Naomi goes to literally snap her neck. That's what I want. That's what's needed. It's not a well. I hope I get a roll up on you and I get a victory. Hee hee! I win. It, you know, we're we're even, Steven Now, that's what I feel like Naomi's doing, and and it, I know she's the baby face, but it's time to show some fire. She's talking about all this glow. Well, where the where the hell is this glow? Turn the glow into fire, because that's what we need at this point. You know, so um, if on if on SmackDown, she goes back to hiding behind her suit. And Sonya or or Naomi just standing there and and looking mean. And you're going to get it, girl. All that stuff. No. That that time is well over. Way done. We're beyond that. It's time to start snapping necks. (laughs) I know it sounds a little extreme, but it's true. All right. Let's get on to... uh, We'll get to the men's rumble a little later. Seth Rollins beats Roman Reigns by DQ. Now, the most interesting part of this match, I think, by far... I mean, beyond the match being awesome was uh, Seth Rollins coming out to the old Shield music and the old Shield gear with the tactical vest doing the same entrance, doing his kind of roll into the ring and playing with Rowan Reigns' mind. And boy, do we see a whole lot of mind games in WWE. How many times and how many matches do we hear the narrative Being strung or sung by the um, announcers that oh they're they're playing mind games it's mind games it's mind games it's messages it's statements I don't know where they come up with this lingo they need to again pick up a thesaurus and use it but for whatever reason everyone's always playing mind games with everybody everyone's trying to get in the head of everybody we can't just they can't come up with like an original way to tell a story it always has to be those two things. Um, but this makes actually sense here. When if they were going to use it in any context, this actually makes sense. Where Seth is playing off the emotions of what happened in the Shield. Seth comes out, and uh, Roman's trying to like shake off what's going on inside his head. And I think he did a nice job of emoting that that frustration without going overboard like Beth Phoenix. And it, it, you know, Roman was struggling internally about what Seth. Did during that time, and Seth trying to play with Roman about come on, we're brothers and, and, and fist bumps. And um, the other thing I really liked really liked boy, this was such a good match from a psychological standpoint, too. Just God, I hope they go at it again uh, is when Ro- uh, Rollins was laughing after Roman speared him. I think it was a couple times this happened. Roman speared him, and, and Seth just he was down in pain, but still laughing. And I think that really got in Roman's head as well. And they just, God, they're so, they know each other so well and they're actual friends in real life that this helps. And Roman ends up losing because he would not break the hold of the guillotine. And after the match, Rollins was destroyed by Reigns with a chair. I mean, he hit him probably over 20 times with a steel chair. The chair was bent in half, essentially. And um, I think it, it it did a couple things. While the crowd booed this, and I tweeted this out too. The crowd booed this because they wanted a real finish, and I know people at home wanted a real finish. But here's what this accomplishes by having this DQ: It accomplishes the fact that it puts Roman back into the the heel lane. Okay, while we thought he was trending babyface and getting the reactions he was, I think this firmly now replaces him and corrects him back to the lane he should be, which I think is still a heel. There's a good babyface run on the horizon for Roman. Let's not get ahead of ourselves and put the cart before the horse. Let's get everything out of this run that we can, because this is not a common heel run. This is a once in a career run for a Roman. So I hope that they continue to go down the path. And it is. So I think that's that's that established that. I mean, the crowd was booing the hell out of Roman at this point. And it also jiggered up some kind of feel good nostalgia feelings for the crowd, and you know, in, in attendance, where they were like, "Oh man, the shit we never thought we'd see this entrance again, and this is kind of cool." And it's not that that obnoxious Seth. This is like you know, the, kind of the Seth set that we remember that we used to like. And so, almost by default, you are rooting for Seth. <clears throat> and Roman's been champion for like eight hundred and fifty nine days. I think it's more like five hundred some days, but so. You're already kind of establishing Seth as a babyface without really doing it yet. But this, I think, might have put Seth back into the babyface role. I don't think he's going to come out and start being, you know, pandering to the crowd. I think that's what really hurt him when he tried to turn babyface after he beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania a few years ago. And the crowd was just like, yeah, we're not having this. This doesn't work. So I don't think he, will do, he would do that. And I still believe Seth is a better heel. But man, the sympathy that we're going to have for Seth And the revenge that we're going to want to see from Seth on Roman is going to be fun. Now, here's the other the the other uh, fly in the ointment is, well, wait a minute. We have now Brock, who's seemingly going to go out, going to go after Roman and Seth and Roman have not completed their uh, their program because of what happened of the beat with the beating of the steel chair on Seth. So there's a lot of moving parts that need to be cleaned up before WrestleMania and the elimination chamber which thank God they didn't rename to WrestleMania chamber, they kept it Elimination Chamber in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, is on February 19th. So we have three weeks until the pay-per-view or the premier live event of Elimination Chamber, which they said is the final stop for premier live events before WrestleMania. So that's great. We don't have to deal with a weird March pay-per-view, and I think that makes it a lot cleaner that you don't have to come up with another, another maybe mini-story in between February and early April. Like you can just have a long-term story arc going from rumble, a quick stop in Jetta for the chamber. And then you have six weeks or so until WrestleMania in early April. So I like that. I like how there's only one stop. It's the two pay-per-views between rumble and Mania is really, I think it was, it was too much. And so this is a nice, it's a cleaner way to get to WrestleMania. And uh, so I don't know what you guys think about that, but, um, so this match anyway was really good, and here's, let's see, what uh, I want to read the uh, the analysis here of uh, CNET, because I CNET I think is a credible source. They said the action was very good, leaning towards great. I thought the ending was lame at first, but that's not a fair assessment because it absolutely worked. The crowd showered rain with a deafening chorus of boos, and WWE overuses screwy finishes, but this was a good one. I'm excited to see where this goes next. So mission accomplished, and they gave it four stars. And yeah, you know, I, I said something similar. So, all right, let's continue on. And where do we dare go next? Uh, let's talk about Edge and the Miz and Beth Phoenix and uh, and, and uh, Maurice. So, this match I didn't have a whole lot of expectation going into. I did mention that this is likely going to this this match is likely going to revolve around Maurice in Beth Phoenix and the cat and mouse game. And it generally did as well as a lot of the female on male violence, but men aren't able to retaliate because they're not allowed to because, you know, PG and society. Um, But that's a whole nother topic of just complete incompetence. But anyway, we have exactly what a lot of us expect, not just me, but Beth Phoenix trying to get her hands on Maurice. She finally does, but Maurice ends up dishing out some some offense and even dishes out offense on edge. She did a hurricane run on edge and honestly, pretty decently. I got to give it to Maurice. I didn't have a, a a high bar for her going into this match, and she over delivered for me. Now having Edge and Beth Phoenix win made sense. The nice false finish of the skull crushing finale was very convincing, and I thought Miz actually might take it, but. There's clearly something bigger and better for Edge after this. I, I do. Don't, I don't believe there's going to be a Maurice and Beth Phoenix one-on-one. This has been resolved. This is over. This is done. This is moving on to something else. Miss is going in a different direction. Edge is going in a different direction. They are splitting course. They are no longer on the same path. I mean, I hope. I hope not. Anyway, so I, don't, I really don't know where this leaves Edge. I really have no idea. <laughs> um I mean we'll get more of an idea as we roll onto Monday night raw but um I really have no clue. So as you're listening to this, I mean Monday night raw may have already happened, who knows? But um yeah this was a, a match that was was good. I mean we got a spear on Miz. Uh we we actually had Beth Phoenix hit a spear on Maurice and you know it was it was fine. It it was it was fine. Um speaking of botches, going back one match to the women's match a couple matches up uh, the women's rumble can Lita and Charlotte learn how to coordinate the twist of fate? Because Charlotte cannot take that move correctly. I don't know if whose fault it is, but Charlotte botches it looks like Charlotte's botching it every time. I don't I don't know if it's on purpose. I mean Charlotte can do everything else in the ring, but take a twist of fate, which is essentially just you know fall on your stomach. Just, just fall flat. And she can't do that for whatever reason. Uh, so this was a again, this match between Ms. Maurice and the, the great couple versus the a couple and Beth Phoenix and Edge. I think it was fine. And it did exactly what it needed to do. And I don't have any complaints. I mean, it was it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. Dujab versus Becky Lynch. All of us knew the outcome. I mean, like literally everyone knew the outcome with this close to close to WrestleMania and Becky Lynch on essentially a quote unquote three year run. You're not you're not going to have her lose at the Rumble with WrestleMania around the corner to do drop now does no disrespect to do drop but she's been here for you know the last five minutes uh, she's not that established yet her name's do drop that doesn't help but i think she's good in the ring and she's good on the mic and she does have something to give to the business and she clearly has the ed factor and and you know all all props to do drop you know they, i think that she is is somebody that stands out because of her body type in a good way and i think that's an asset no pun intended so that to me is is Where Dewdrop will live is in her differentiate a differentiation in in visual and auto audio, um, audible. There you go. Uh, Everything about her is just different, and that's good. Now she may not be doing her karatas and 450 splashes, but she doesn't need to, nor do I want her to. So uh, Becky Lynch wins here, and uh, you know Dewdrop in this title loss doesn't doesn't really lose anything. Um, she hit the manhandle slam from the middle rope essentially a super rock bottom is it was was what that was, a rock bottom plus whatever you want to label it as. And here's what CNET said. If you're interested in their take, and then I'll give my reaction to it. This was a solid but not excellent bout. It had several disadvantages and never got into a strong flow. Lynch is uh, beloved by the audience, but she's still cast as a heel. That makes it inherently difficult for her opponents who struggle to get the crowd behind them because the crowd really just wants to cheer Lynch. Making matters worse, Dewdrop is by far the bigger of the two. It makes it harder to get sympathy when you're the giant facing the villainous David in Goliath. Got it. So, yeah, I mean, Becky Lynch wins clean. Wins clean. And she should. Yeah, you know, I think she should. She she is right now the hottest thing in women's wrestling, arguably. I mean, you could argue Charlotte. You could argue Bianca. But she's in the conversation. And now you have her moving on. And she's going to come face-to-face with Ronda Rousey, maybe opening the show. I would actually open the damn show with Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. Why not? It's a perfect way to just hit the gas into WrestleMania season. So I'm really looking forward to this. And, and in fact, I predict that Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey will make a, uh, a splash at the very beginning of Monday Night Raw. That's my my thought um so um now again this to me was a, a match that um it, it was it was exactly what I thought it would be it was okay it, it was it was you know in fact I'd say it was, it was slightly above average I don't think it did anything to hurt anybody and it, it, it and it really gave the nice rub to uh Becky Lynch or rather Dewdrop, who needed it because they're trying to build stars that's all this was about her title was never in jeopardy so all right. Um, I already talked about Paul Heyman and his turn, which w- to me, let me just add some additional comments to that. First of all, everybody, you know, the match between Seth Rollins and Roman I talked about earlier, but the Paul Heyman turn, him handing the championship to Roman, uh, you know, to hit Brock Lesnar with—I'll get to that match in a second. It, it it didn't shock me; it just shocked me how quickly it happened. So let's talk about the Brock Lesnar Bobby Lashley matchup. This was a match that I was really excited for. And you could tell that they, they didn't even use real footage from the last four weeks of the build. They just created their own video package, which is one we saw a couple weeks ago and I praised. That's how much that they're trying to avoid what the build looked like on, real, on real, in real life. They did not do a good job building this, mainly because... Brock Lesnar was in the kind of heelish, dismissive, I don't know who you are mode, which did not do anybody any favors. I know that that's all oh, that's Brock. He doesn't know anybody, but it, it hurt the rival. It hurt the program overall. So that's where I draw the line. Um, so it, it's amazing, though, that they they had to use the video package and not use any real footage from the last four weeks to, uh, to promote this match. And it worked very well, though. I, I love the video package. Excellent. Excellent video package, maybe one of the best video packages of the year so far. Uh, I know we're only what, two months into the year, but uh, now that that said, um, this matchup between Bobby and Brock, I don't think was that good. In fact, it was disappointing. Uh, I, you know, they they had their collar and elbow tie up. It's 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 a bit of a test of strength for the both of them. It was you know it, it was like okay cool we're we're getting the collar and elbow tie up. That's how you know this is going to be a long match. You know, when they go right into kicks, punches and power moves, the match typically ends quicker because they're trying to get their their stuff in. But when it starts off with a little bit of chain wrestling, that's usually a signal to the crowd at home and in the in, the, uh, in, in attendance. Hey, this is a match that we're actually going to build. We're going to tell the story. And we got that, except it was a weird story. Uh, it, it was it was weird. Um, It wasn't, and here's what CNET said, and I'll get in more detail. They said the match wasn't as explosive or as intense as I'd hoped. Lashley and Lesnar grappled, exchanging German suplexes. Then Lashley hit two spears on Lesnar, went for the third on the outside, but missed, crashing through the barricade in the process. We have ourselves a new champion. Of course, Reigns gets involved here. But yeah, that's exactly right. It wasn't as explosive or as intense as I'd hoped. Both have had much better matches since, especially since Brock has been back. Both have had matches better in the last month. Um, This was disappointing. And, you know, uh, I also was a little bit worried about Bobby Lashley and his ability to take a German suplex. Normally, he doesn't have to be on the receiving end, given his size. And it looks like he never had taken one in his life. I mean, he was landing on his shoulder, on his side. I mean, everywhere but flat on his back. And I think it just comes instinctually that since, hey, he's like, hey, I've never I don't really take these on a regular basis. Let me just be safe rather than sorry and land on my neck and break my neck. That's that's the way I took it. It was a little bit of hesitation on the part of Lashley for taking German suplexes. But, hey, in the last 20 years, how many German suplexes has Bobby Lashley take taken outside of this match last night? The The answer is probably, you know, you could you could count them on one hand. So I understand the hesitation. It just looked kind of bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, th- this was not as explosive as I had hoped. It was a little bit slow. Um it it reminded me a little bit, a little bit of Goldberg and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 20. Not nearly as bad. I mean, just—it's not in the same, you know, universe. But it had elements of that. where it was like, oh, that was that was kind of disappointing. You know, you have these two titans come together, and it's like, oh, that—that's it. Now I know that the 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 schmazz finish they did was meant to protect Lashley and also protect Brock uh, as Brock loses. But it's a, it was a little bit uh, maddening. Uh, because I, I was this to me was the biggest disappointment of the night was this matchup. And sadly, I say that with, you know, I feel like I should hold a candlelight vigil. Uh, but we have this match. Bobby's champion. Now, I don't know who is going to face Bobby. It could be Edge. I mean what about Edge getting himself in the conversation for the WWE championship? Maybe, you know, tonight's going to be a very or tomorrow night. I keep saying tonight as if last night was a Sunday tomorrow night on Raw. It's going to be very telling to see what direction they go. Um, now, Paul Heyman gets involved in this matchup with he him at ringside. Roman Reigns comes out, and he ends up laying out Reigns. And then I think he hit a spear. And then Paul Heyman hands Roman Reigns the WWE Championship. Roman Reigns does exactly what he did at SummerSlam, clocks Brock Lesnar pretty square in the head. I mean, he's Brock doesn't really pull any punches here. I mean, he took a good shot. And then that allowed Bobby Lashley to get the three count. So Paul Heyman turns on, on Brock Lesnar, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is the payoff, and it's actually the payoff I had predicted, and some others did too, that it was going to be eventually Paul Heyman just, this is all a ruse, it was all a setup to have Brock believe that Roman is on the side, or uh, Paul Heyman's on the side of Brock, when in reality, you know, Paul Heyman's playing Brock, and he's still on the side of Roman Reigns. And uh, to, to be fair too, I gotta say I had a clean sweep victory over all the Royal Rumble, including both winners of the Royal Rumble and every other match in the Royal Rumble, and some moments that I expected to happen too. So this was a victory on all accounts for me. So sorry, Ashley. <laughs> sorry, uh, but uh, I have to take the, the the W here. You have to take the L. Uh, but doesn't happen too often. So I gotta I gotta hang on the rim when I can. So. This matchup, again, not, not very uh, exciting. The biggest news was not even the quality of the match, which is, again, sad to say, but the turn of Heyman, the official turn of Heyman, which can also solidifies Roman again as a heel, solidifies Heyman again as a heel. They are, there's no question where they stand anymore. I think those, people, those that are cheering Roman will likely maybe revert back to the booing of him and uh, straighten out his character that was going a little babyface over the last couple of months. And I even speculated on this show that they could be turning Roman babyface already. That is not where I think we're at now. I think we are fully Roman heel uh, and we are fully Brock Lesnar babyface, believe it or not. Despite all the weird tendencies and and heel promos that uh, Paul or uh, Brock Lesnar has cut over the last couple of months, I think we are fully established in the role of Brock babyface Roman heel. I think that's, it's, it's, it's that simple. And the Paul Heyman turn itself, I think came a little too soon. I think the Paul Heyman turn, while I expected it, I expected it at WrestleMania. I expected it at WrestleMania where Paul just, there's this build and build and build of something happening. And it all comes back to Paul being the one behind it. Paul being the one that was manipulating it. And, and, and and just setting up Brock Lesnar for failure at WrestleMania. So does this mean that it's one-on-one Roman versus uh, Brock? I don't know. There's there's a lot of speculation moving forward that Drew McIntyre gets involved. He was the runner-up to this year's Royal Rumble. Uh, it was a flashback to three years ago, except this time Brock Lesnar wins. Uh, we got Drew McIntyre also in the, in the live events in the next few weeks in places that are Uh, across the United States, it's a triple threat, Brock and Drew and uh, Roman Reigns in a triple threat. I mean, so are they potentially working towards that for WrestleMania? Maybe, maybe, you know, I I do wonder because, you know, we have Drew McIntyre who doesn't have an opponent. Now he's past happy Corbin and madcap Moss. He's looking for an opponent. It's WrestleMania season. The fans are really going to give him a, gave him a nice reaction Last night at the pay-per-view or at the premier live event. So it's possible we get a three-way here for the universal championship where we see Drew hit the claymore on Brock beating uh, beating Brock, but also protecting Roman saying that he never lost the championship yet Drew is champion. Do I want that to happen? Not necessarily. I still, if that's the matchup, I still want uh, Roman to walk away champion. And, and go all the way to next year's Wrestlemania as champion. That's what I want. And I, I don't know if I'll get that. I have a feeling they're probably going to drop the belt at Wrestlemania this year. And I think it'll be against Drew McIntyre in a triple threat. That, that's as it stands right now on January 30th, 2022. Of course, no matches are even set. There's a lot of speculation. What about returns? What else? All these things. So we'll see. But uh, all right, let's move on to the men's Royal Rumble event. And, you know, this was a match... That's so many twists and turns, as all most Rumbles do. And here's the description, at least some of it, from CNET, just so I don't miss anything. Uh, let's see. The Rumble started with AJ Styles and Shinsuke. That was cool. I, I really thought that was a nice touch. Uh, AJ got the first eliminations, ending the night for Bobby Roode, who came in at number four, and Nakamura. A super fun moment came in about ten minutes with the entrances of jackass Johnny Knoxville, uh, he came in and took down Sami Zayn before confronting AJ Styles. He landed a punch on AJ before AJ absolutely killed him with a series of punches and kicks. Montez Ford, also in the match, then hit a frog splash on Knoxville, and Sami Zayn eliminated eliminated him with a, a hell of a kick. Um, so, yeah, th- they even commented here that Johnny Knoxville sure didn't want people to go easy on him. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, for if you have a guy that's going to, you know, electrocute his uh, his testicles, You know for uh for a paycheck i don't think he has any problem getting a few bumps and bruises in the ring for people with people that aren't actually trying to hurt him whereas in jackass that's what the point is is to actually try to hurt you wrestling is not the same so sure he didn't want people to be easy on him but i don't i i'm not a fan of celebrity involvement uh we'll get to bad bunny i know what you're thinking of in a minute too um Let's see here. So as it goes on, Omas played the role of Rumble Big Man because that does have to be a role that's fulfilled. And he eliminated both of the Street Profit competitors. Uh, We had, uh, of course, Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins and as well as Damian Priest. He was eliminated, Omas, by a gang of people that included Chad Gable, Dominic, Austin Theory, Ricochet, and AJ Styles. So it took like five, six people to finally throw him out. I'm sad that Omos never got a face to face with Brock Lesnar. I have to say, I, I predicted that and I was wrong, but it, it, that, that to me was a it, it was a moment in the making. Why not? You don't have to make a match out of it yet, but tease it. Why why they couldn't have had Omos be the last uh, one of the last competitors at least to have that brief moment of, "Hey, this could be a match down the line." Really, to me it was a missed opportunity. All right. Well, uh, let's continue on here with the the summary here from CNET. And uh, let's see. After that, Madcap and Happy Corbin became the chief eliminators. They threw out AJ Styles and Rick Boogs. And I guess Rick Boogs is, is really starting to catch on. And there's something about him. I, I would uh, ha- I have to say that. And let's see. Um, they met their end at Drew McIntyre coming out, who took out uh, day one by who, who was taken out at day one by the pair. McIntyre eliminated both of them and then demolished them on the outside with steel steps and then bad bunny came out and he had a flying cross on Seamus and, and hit a destroyer on riddle. Boy, Riddle has to have a whole lot of faith in somebody that doesn't wrestle to perform a move that could that could potentially cause paralysis if off even by the slightest amount. The margin for error and the risk for paralysis in a in a destroyer from somebody that does not perform on a regular basis is higher than normal. And uh, so, you know, credit to Riddle, but boy, oh boy, you are really putting your neck literally on the line having somebody perform that maneuver that is not super experienced. But Bad Bunny continues to impress. I'm I, look. I hated Bad Bunny all last year, and I stand 100% by it. But in the ring, man, the guy—he's <laughs> better than some of the people on the roster right now. I mean, he's got a little—he's uh, got a little something to him, despite the fact that he's like 150 pounds. Uh, so let's see here. Moments later, oh, Ray Mysterio hit a six-one-nine on Dolph Ziggler, and Bad Bunny tossed him out. Um, the hilarious part was Brock Lesnar hitting an F five on. Uh, Bad Bunny. I mean, that made me pop. I, I was uh, elated at that. I mean, it, it was something that I could only dream about happening last year when Damian Priest was essentially his bodyguard while Bad Bunny ran his mouth. And we're supposed to cheer this for some reason. Like Brock Lesnar doing this would, I mean, it made me just smile, not just physically on my on my body, but into my soul. That was great. Uh, Shane McMahon came out. Is he the forbidden door? I I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, so I, I mean, I don't even know if we got a quote-unquote forbidden door entry uh, in this Rumble. I mean, we didn't get Mo- uh, Moxley, although that, he was mentioned by name even on the broadcast. We didn't get uh, Jericho. We didn't get MJF. Nobody from AEW. You know what? I respect that. And I, I actually, um, as cool as it would have been for the moment, I think the short-term benefit would have caused long-term harm for AEW and its fan base and the respect and the, the trust that they have, and the, the betrayal, I think, would have run deep from the fans' perspective. Um, so let's see back to the uh, back to the analysis. So Orton got eliminated by um, by uh, Brock Lesnar as well, and the hometown crowd not happy with Brock. I mean, that essentially <laughs> nearly turned Brock heel. It was pretty close. And Biggie, of course, comes out, and uh, you know, Biggie was not even a thought. He wasn't even a thought. Uh, you know, he was just—he was eliminated somewhat quickly, and he was doing all his new day stuff. I mean, w- so much for Biggie's singles career. He's essentially on SmackDown now, default back with Kofi. You know, and, and I do wonder if Biggie's still on SmackDown this week, or we have SmackDown stars on Raw this week. What's the excuse now? Well, it's Rumble season. Well, oh, nope, that can't be working. Well, it's Chamber season. Is it WrestleMania? W- what's the excuse now? You know, I, I do wonder. So. Again, Big E was not even a thought. He barely got a reaction when he came out. Big E, to me, is a... I think he'll be in the United States championship picture. That's what I think. Also, Owens hitting a stunner on Bad Bunny made me laugh. So, Ow- Owens has really hit some stunners on some really... some Just insufferable people like Bad Bunny and uh, Logan Paul. I mean, I, I got to give KO some credit here. Great, great, great booking on that part. Um, Otis was eliminated... After uh, they said there was a sick moment when Riddle jumped off a prone Otis's back to hit a flying RKO on McIntyre. Yeah, it was cool, but he didn't he didn't hit it perfectly and McIntyre had to compensate and kind of land awkwardly. But I get it. It was cool. It was a cool moment. Um, but yeah, so th- we had a rating of four stars, very strong build to Reigns versus Lesnar at WrestleMania. And you know what? Lesnar winning. I called it. So I was also rooting for him just to be right because I have um, an egomaniac but I really thought that Lesnar winning made sense because there's two there's two roads to a championship. People can get pissed off about this all they want. Ronda, oh, what's she doing? So the two MMA fighters come in. They send, they win the Rumble on their respective uh, matches. And to me, it's like, okay, fine. But But guess what? There are two championships available and there's two roads to the main event for both men and women. If you win the Rumble, you're guaranteed one of them. So with the women, there's two opportunities. With the men, there's two. With the Rumble, out of those four spots, you're only you're only filling two of them. So that means there are still two spots to go through tradi- traditional means, meaning tournaments, meaning just somebody challenging somebody, meaning uh, somebody just declaring that they're the def- number one contender. I mean, who knows? So, um, but overall, I thought it was a decent a decent Royal Rumble. I mean, if I was going to give it the whole pay per view out of five stars, I mean, I give it like a you know three and three quarter stars. I wouldn't give it quite a four, but not a three, three and three quarters out of five stars is what I would rate this Royal Rumble. Um, It it was good. It was, it was good. It was a safe pick. I know people don't want safe, but I'd rather have something that makes sense than just go off the wall for a pick. That's going to make people buzz. And then you don't know what the hell to do with the pick. You, You just went for a short term game. This to me is thought out. It makes sense. It immediately gives Lesnar some revenge on Lesnar or on Reigns uh, and you know exactly who is going to go for it. Because if you think, if you think Roman Reigns is not going to be Brock's opponent and Brock's going to choose Bobby, I mean, you just, you're not, you're not a, you haven't been watching wrestling more than like two weeks. So it's clear. And I think Ronda Rousey, while there's a case to be made for Becky, no doubt there is a Charlotte there that had, uh, uh, she's had her championship for quite a while and they've never gone one-on-one as well. Uh, So I think Given, especially last night, that they were the last two, it would make sense that Ronda does choose Charlotte to go to WrestleMania rather than Becky. But, hey, there's always that three-way. Why don't, why don't they just recreate the WrestleMania 35 main event? I mean that extremely sarcastically. Extremely sarcastically. So, um, guys, I'm sure there's moments and things that I haven't discussed. Um, I just wanted to get something out there. This is considered kind of the weekend review. Um, you know, consider, Given the fact that we just had a SmackDown review by Michael Ritter... And the pay per view happened, and uh, this is a Sunday. I'm not going to be doing a full weekend review because this is kind of the de facto weekend review. So, uh, but I know I, I kind of ran through this a little bit quickly. But tomorrow night, or rather Tuesday night, I'll be with a co host discussing Raw and, of course, the Royal Rumble, kind of a dual show, wrapping up the Rumble, putting a bow on it, and uh, the fallout of the Rumble on Raw, and then, of course, your questions on Wednesday with all of your your rants and your you like what the hell moments all of that is going to be coming your way so whew, i'm going to take a breath you guys take a breath let me know what you think hit me up on the mailbag at mailbag at wwpodcast.com you can still email me at my old email but the the, the new one is mailbag at wwepodcast.com uh, consider going ad free with us on uh, apple podcast subscriptions on patreon it's just a dollar Get you in the door. You also get Discord server access. You, all this stuff. I mean, you you get a shout out on the show, so it's something that I'd I'd really recommend. If you hate the ads, I know a lot of you do. I do too. And I'm listening to podcasts. But uh, give also if you have a moment, please give us a five star rating and, and review on Spotify and or on Apple Podcasts. So that's it for me tonight guys i hope you enjoyed this a lot more analysis coming especially when i'm able to bounce ideas off of other people and have co-hosts on the show and and hear their ideas and respond to them so that's where the real fun's going to come so uh we are in wrestlemania season here we go guys thanks for listening take care and i'll talk to you next time thanks for listening to the wwe podcast don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.